Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Welcome to the All-Star Networking Show. I'm Kathy Paper here with the trusty advisor, Matt Tell. Although, Matt, I think in the overview, people introduce you and I both that we're here at the Friends of the Global Market, Midtown Global Market. So, Aaron, I'm super psyched to have you. And why don't you introduce yourself a minute for the listeners? Yeah. And then we'll just dive right into it. Yeah, I'm uh, Aaron Eggert. I'm the founder of Coalition 9 uh, here in the Twin Cities. And uh, I'm a hobby farmer. And I uh, I have a my wonderful wife, Tiffany. And we've got a chocolate lab named Ori. And we live out in the in uh, Glencoe Silver Lake slash Lester Prairie area. Uh, that, that hobby farm keeps us really busy. And I'm really proud of the community that we've also built with Coalition 9. You know, started it a few years ago. And it was really around just bringing good people together. And I really wanted to double down on that term community. So it's a peer group model, right? And so I think the power of peer groups and bringing really smart people together and and bringing different experiences and and shared experiences in both perspective and business and life uh, is really powerful. And so I wanted to kind of, there's a a few peer group uh, uh, organizations out there. And I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit of a disruptor to some of those and, and go level up on the community of good people uh, side of things first. So I'm really proud of the community that we've built. Nice. Well, yeah. I want to talk all about Coalition 9. Yes, As right. I said, you're wearing sweet swag, which yeah. people will have to see when they zoom yeah. in on the photo we're going to take. Yeah. But first, tell me, what is a hobby farm? Like, what does that yeah. mean? Like, so hobby it, to a, me, I'm like, yeah, okay, a, hobby is knitting and other well, stuff. And you kind of, kind of like that. Right? No. So, so what's the hobby farm? Well, I know. It's a non, so we don't do the, I was talking to Matt about this, uh, is that we don't do it for profit. So it's our hobby. And so we've got, we've got just under 10 acres uh, that we manage. It's got uh, apple trees, pear trees, uh, all sorts of fruit trees. We've got hops. We've got grapes for wine. We've got eight chickens that lay eggs. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is, it's, I, for fun, I split wood. Right, and Ooh, so my husband has a big chainsaw and loves exactly. to split wood, all that so, stuff. So yeah. it's that's that, and and you know that's what I do on the weekend every weekend is the hobby farm. That's it. Okay, and so eight chickens. How many eggs are you pumping out? Are they pumping out? Yeah, not as many as you would think that yeah. you would think that they pump out a bunch. You know, you think they yeah. pump out six to eight a day. It's not like that. We get probably, I don't know, three or four a day. It's still a lot for two people. So, you know, that's, okay. that's a good amount of eggs. Okay, because you're the second guest, Jolly Nanda. They have chickens, too. Yeah. So I've learned about eggs. So if you don't want to buy your eggs at the fresh produce market right here at the Midtown Global Market, we can call you and we can get... <laughs> Three eggs, or next time we meet, could I get an egg? They should, buy, yeah. You, you, I'll bring you uh, a dozen eggs. Uh, Do you have to feed the chickens? Oh yeah, they eat. Yeah, they. <laughs> that's yeah, they like. Well, to eat. I don't know. Yeah, like, you, you buy chicken feed. I can barely yeah. remember to feed my dog. The oh, kids yeah. I could handle, well, but I can't feed to, the dog. You, you just load up their their trough thingy, and then they, they they eat that. You know, it takes probably three to four days before they wear that out, and you got to water. You know, keep them watered. So okay. this time of year, it's cold, so you got to make sure that the coop is heated and the water doesn't freeze over and all that stuff so yeah they're they're a little bit Wait, of maintenance and did you say do you have any horses do you no. have any anything you can any activities anything that you I can, can ride? recreate no. No. no just i got just I got splitting a, wood. a four-wheeler uh, and a tractor and a and a okay. side by side those are the things i can ride okay good yeah 
All right. Well, we like Polaris, Minnesota company. Everybody should check it out because, in fact, today is the first big snowfall yeah. we've had. Yeah. And uh, I like to test in the parking lot how well my car holds up and spin around a little bit. I think I'm showing my meathead tendencies today, Matt. Watch out. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so let's talk, though, a little bit about Coalition 9 and networking and community because you and I met or have mutual friends, Tamara, Darren Lynch, Jamie. We could probably go on, yeah. We know a lot of people, but but when we first met, too, we also shared the fish philosophy. Yes. But tell me about Coalition 9. How did it start up for you? You were in a group. So I, so I used to own, uh, be a partner at a business uh, that did commercial interiors. So I was in peer groups. Uh, and at the end of the day, I kind of bounced around because I never really found, quote unquote, my people. And uh, so when I parted ways with that company and, and, uh, and my partner and I split up, I went and did some other things. I did some consulting, didn't like it, liked it, didn't love it. And there was always this thing in the back of my mind where I was like, I just, again, like I said earlier, is, is I think it, it was time for a little bit of a disruption and really emphasis on the community side of things. And so I, about three and a half years ago, wrote a business plan around what that would look like. I hired a brand strategist to help me um, to help me get all these crazy things out of my head and put yeah. onto paper. And, and, and at the end of the day is, what did I want this compa- uh, community to feel like? Like, what, what kind of pride is there to be a part of this community? And that's where the good people need to know good people. Our vision statement is changing business nine leaders at a time. Organizations have have core values. We have key beliefs. Our first key belief is every member lives and leads with character first. So really, at the end of the day, we have a strict no asshole policy. So we only want good people as part of our community. <laughs> I, so really, I wanted to build this this vibe of what it what it felt like to be a part of this community. And, and then I really wanted to double down on diversity as well. So I wanted to really focus on what I would look at as four pillars of diversity. So gender identification, uh, race or color of skin, uh, experience, and zip code. So pretty much anybody's welcome as long as they want to invest the time into being a part of a group. Uh, groups are comprised of nine people. Uh, I find facilitators that that facilitate these groups. I mean, these people are geniuses, like second to none in what their skill sets are. Many of them are business coaches. A lot of them have psychology backgrounds and organizational and industrial psychology. So they really, the number one thing we look for in a, in a facilitator is curiosity. Like, just don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid right. to get into the root causes. And from that point, it just kind of, a few years ago, it just took off. And, and the groups of nine started happening. We beta tested our facilitation process. All of those people that were part of the beta program became members. They were all in from the get-go. And we went from nobody three years ago to 170-some members now, nice. 18 peer groups. Um, we run eight to nine events every year to bring the entire community together. Our events are crazy well attended. I know. I was so going to say, I really wanted to go to the one because one. I'm friends with Jackson from the Glass yes. House. And yep. I had toured it, and then I had seen the ad that they were there. Have you been there, by the way, Matt? Okay. It's so great. Matt, you need to go visit the Glass yeah. House. Yeah. Because not only do they make super cool lighting that's available in room and board. Now I'm going to sound like an advertisement. Yeah. But they have a sweet space to available for events and just good guy that artist 
that said I'm making a business around yep. this and has a vision like bigger and broader. Should be a, should be a future podcast guest. He was I have yes. a podcast called the Power Night Podcast. He was and where I interview members. Yes. And um and he was on our podcast and his story is so great, right? Like to be able to blend that artistic mindset yes. along with the pragmatic mindset that you need as a, as a business owner. Um, just such a, and I was thrilled that we were able to have an event at his space, amplify what he's doing. And, uh, we had 120 some people there. Uh, and so they're really well attended. And, and a big part of it is Matt was asking me before we started recording is like, what's the, what's the feel of these events? And when you, when you have a vision of the bigger, the bigger bigger events events, or the smaller, the bigger events, right? So all of our events are pretty, you know, they're going to be 70 to 150 people depending on the event and where we have this, you know, if the space allows it. And you should be able to walk, anybody should be able to walk into that event and feel very welcome. And it's, although it's an exclusive, you know, membership based community, if someone brings a guest, they should feel welcome. And that's, that's good people need to know good people. And that's really a, a welcoming feel. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. No, super yeah. exciting. It's been a blast. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's my. Good. You got. You got to. You got to check out an event. Maybe you want to have an event here because you know we do have event space here at the market. We were kind of alluding to the, the space that's available, and I think you know amplifying here what is happening here and and kind of the revitalization of this area. Um, I, I to me that's what this is all about, yeah. right? Like getting some more exposure to a place like this. Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody needs customers, right? And there are yep. 30 businesses here. If you walk around after or before, you said your wife comes here. Yeah, I'm too, gonna, right? actually, I'm going to go, uh, when I get on the, the road here, I'm going to grab the, some pad thai and, uh, to and go. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to go. I'm okay, go so he also owns a donut shop. All right. Too. So huge Vikings fan, so you got to talk to him All about right. the Vikings. Sweet. Even I though it. I saw a bad game and then I saw a good game. Okay, Matt, I'm digressing a lot today. But I want to talk some about, you know, good people need to know good people, which to me is about building relationships mm-hmm. and networking. Have you always been a connector or? I think I built my whole career on on relationships. I just, so I'm a college dropout. I went to college for like two months. Uh, it just, I was a goofball. I, I'm going to call myself maybe a little bit of a, a late bloomer from a maturity standpoint. But, you know, I got into sales was the thing that that was kind of my saving grace to get me out of being uh, a printing press operator or whatever I was doing at the time. And that's where I think I really realized, like, it's not really what you know, it's who you know. And uh, and so as I progressed through my career into leadership, realize people matter more than anything else. And then as you start to work through business challenges and, you know, ownership or just connecting dots, people, business moves at the speed of trust and trust happens in building relationships. That's why I, 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 I don't really use the word networking. To me, networking is, is transactional. Networking happens when you go to a group of or a room of 50 people and you swap some business cards and then you look them up online, you connect and you talk to them again or you rub shoulders with them at some place. Building relationships is where it matters and getting to know people and hearing their story. And, you know, that to me is is the most impactful thing that can happen. And I think I have such a natural curiosity for people and their stories that I just figured out a way to translate that into something that can be beneficial to our members. And do, so do you think, because I agree with you, the word networking, um, and we talked about it, that my dad was on, and he says, well, I don't network, but he builds relationships, yep. right? And how was fishing with your father? Uh, or hunting, hunting, hunting. Yeah, hunting, yeah. Hunting. yeah it was good. Yeah. It was good. We hung out together. To me, it's not about the hunting thing. It was just spending time with my dad. Okay. 
Yeah. It was great. And like you yeah. said, you've been doing it for like 30 years. Yeah, since right? I was like 13, since I could hunt. And like, there's been years where I don't even hunt, like, I don't even, I think I hunted twice this time. Like, I, I, I built a fire in the fireplace. I watched college football and pro football on Sunday. <laughs> I just hung nice. out with my dad. I didn't really feel like hunting that much. If I go out, if I feel like going out, I go out. If I don't, I don't. I'm going to do, you sparked in me, I'm going to do a little research. When did the word networking come about? Because I think what you describe of building connections and building trust or being curious about people, that's what we want to get people to get comfortable. Totally. Because if you think about it as networking, you're, you are transactional or you're opportunistic or you're insincere. Or you're you know, I look at networking as like, look at it from like a technology perspective. Like it's just a, a, a connection point to another connection point to another connection point to another connection point. I think that's probably at the essence of it. But to me, that's just so hard and cold that it's not, there's a, there's a, uh, emotional component to building a relationship with someone and that's what I really wanted to come out when building these groups is that is that there's a lot of peer groups out there that do that have great business talk and they talk about scaling and 10xing their business and stuff like that that's not really our vibe like if if, if somebody wants to scale their business 10x and that's the only reason why they want to be a part of our group I'm gonna probably send them somewhere else right. I want to f- help people find that blend between between business and life and work through both personal and business, professional challenges and all the stuff that goes in. Like the wheel of life is huge and business is just a cog in that. And so we want to be able to address all of those things. So we address that in our continued education. We address that in the process, in our accountabilities, all the different things that we do. We've been very thoughtful about how we approach that to make sure that all things are being taken into consideration. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I like, yeah. the, I like the, you're, I think, Matt, I, I haven't done a like scan of all our transcripts, you know, from the podcast, but I feel like your upfront use of the word, it's an emotional connection mm-hmm. is one of the first times somebody's kind of said that, like, we all know we want to, you know, do business with people, you know, like, and trust. Yep. But just to say like, it's an emotional connection. It's, do you care about it? Or maybe break it apart for people of like, what does that mean? What does it and, feel like? Like I'm not buying you flowers on the first meeting. And I think that it's, again, going back to that natural curiosity, I think that let's, let's just say maybe people that are a little bit more introverted, that, that, that it just is harder to get to that point. They should maybe go another direction where working in a room isn't really their thing, but, but maybe trying to get a connection from somebody else and then going and spending some time over coffee or something, and then just maybe have a few questions just like locked and loaded, ready to go. One of the greatest things that I, uh, I don't really like like sales training or anything like that, but one of the greatest things that I, I went through was, um, it was based on a book called Let's Get Real or Let's Not Play. And it was, and it's a sales book and I hate sales books, but it's a very, very good one. But it's all about training yourself to be an active listener. So what was that? An active, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, good one. Uh, and, but that, <laughs> but that was, that is really hard for some people, right? To be to be not so ready to have another question locked and loaded to where say something when when you ask a question wait for the response and give a uh, give a curious response based on that response and create that creates dialogue and that creates just that's the the foundation of building a good relationship 
And if people know at the end of the day you truly care and that you're you're spending time hearing them, listening and hearing them, that is really powerful. And that's how that's like the foundation of that of that relationship. That's why I don't like. I'm not very good at going and working a room or anything like that. I typically go and latch onto some couple people that I know just because going and walking into a circle of, you know, five people is not my jam either. Right. It's got to be comfortable. Right. I feel like, uh, and I don't know if this happened to you, but I don't love the term working a room. And for sure, after the pandemic, I don't like that. Yeah. Like, There's not many rooms to work either. Well, yeah. Or I, <laughs> like I have a couple yeah. things that have landed in my inbox. And I'm like, oh, do I really want to go? Do I really? Why yep. am I going? You know, you want to yep. be strategic and then you're wondering why and. You know, but I so even me like I used to go breakfast, coffee, lunch, coffee, happy hour, home. I don't do any more happy hours. It's not in my. I don't want to do it. So I do breakfast, and then I can typically do two more, and then I'm exhausted. And it's I think the the pandemic changed that. One of our members, April Seifert, she's a she's a, a clinical psychologist. She talked about how just. Your brain fires differently now because of the t- the isolation and the lack of social interaction that you had during that 18 months. And you got to take that 18 months and take it times two to recover from that. So it's almost like a three-year recovery from that. And so we're all feeling that. So go and do what's comfortable to you. If it's one coffee a week, go for it. Whatever whatever you want to do that right. makes you comfortable. But just don't put any extra pressure on yourself to try and go out and, and you know build extra relationships for the sake of doing it. So let's... Maybe we're going to shift a little because we're sitting here in the market and it's starting to heat up because it's lunchtime, right? So we got a whole bunch of different places, people to choose from. But if we were going to talk a little bit about how you use building relationships to solve problems, Mm. right? So we're here, the friends of the global market. Yeah, help support some of the projects here or people, you know, that are incubating their business or just getting going or all of that. How do relationships solve problems well people solve problems right and so relationships are just a series of people that you've you've built throughout your life and so not everybody has the same same experiences life is a best an experiment right like right. A, a series of experiments a series of 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 um experiences that you've had and you can't you you can't do it all yourself so solving problems is being okay with asking for help and being okay with leveraging other people's experiences to then be able to guide you to make the best possible decision that you can. I, I just think for me, I, I, I mean, if I've got a cha- something challenging that I'm looking at, at doing uh, or embarking on, I typically tap into a handful of people. And, I, and my brain catalogs things weird. Like I am able to, if someone were to say to me, hey, I'm thinking about in the next three to five years selling my business and I just don't even know where to begin. Like this is, this scares the hell out of me. Um, Do you know anybody that can help from a mergers and acquisition standpoint? Yes. And that to me is how you solve problems. It's finding the right people and connecting them to the problem. I got to repeat what you just said because it was really powerful asking for help. Yeah. That's what it was, the asking for help. So I'm a business owner here. Again, if we take the friends of the market, we want to get a hundred new people to say they're going to get behind this organization and come down here or maybe host an event here, get dialed in. Would you ask 
people for help or like how do you start that once you've identified the challenge or problem you have like you wake up in the middle of the night or maybe on your to-do list the same thing keeps going and you're like okay i gotta solve this you said the mergers and acquisition i'm gonna sell my business you get the five people but how do you get over that first hump of saying okay we want to get a hundred more people who do we talk to so I think it's figuring out the people that have been successful in, in creating those. So really, at the end of the day, this is a community, right? So this is a community of, of small business owners that are, it's, it's, it's an incubator for small restaurants, right, and, and, and shops. And so um, going into other communities that have built those communities and asking them how that they've been able to, to help their p- people amplify what they do and that to me is sounds like what 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 friends of the market does right and so i would say again like being able to find the right people too and asking people who i should be talking to that it it's again it just comes back to asking for help so i tend to get a little tactical so like i get what you're saying of like asking other people for help so maybe i could go to the people that built twin cities startup totally week yep and say hey you all of a sudden you build a community ask me I can ask right. you. I could ask Minnesota Cup. How did you do? I can ask friends of the St. Paul you Public Library. The, you could go to the Minnesota Chamber. Okay. Right? There's there's so many resources out there, and all of these are little micro communities. Um, you could go if you're a person of faith. You could go to your to your church or your synagogue, and you could ask right. them how they how did you build your community? How did you bring these p- people together? I think in a in a situation like that that you're giving me, like the f- paradigm needs to be shifted around. What are we? Are we are we a, a global market bringing all these people together, or are we a marketing company that happens to be a market or a, a company that brings all these companies together? Like marketing and being able to share the stories of people is going to be a big part of that, and that's what some of these organizations that have built it to be so strong have done a great job of. Right. Do the twelve do the twelve coffee tour. Twelve twelve coffees. Is that why? What's twelve the, why, why is twelve to, the number? I don't know. Seem like it should be nine, probably because of Coalition Nine. But, um, but uh, I, I, so when I when I started Coalition Nine, I talked to twelve different people and just asked them what they thought. Tried to pick their brain a little bit. Helped change kind of my mindset of what I wanted the the organization to look like, what I wanted it to feel like. But that was all informed by other people, and then I blended that with my vision. I'm I'm feeling tactical. Okay, so we can make a list of 12 people, right? Matt, you and I can come up with 12 communities. I'm thinking Katie Burke runs Perfect. Team Women. Yep. I'm she's, on the board she's there. She's done a yeah. phenomenal yep. job yep. getting corporate sponsors, individual people involved. Great. You said it took you three years to get your community really thriving. I would say you're humming. I am unapologetic on, on my promotion and being, a, be, being PR. Like, I... I what loved, I love, well, that's why I started the Power Nine podcast. I don't tell the story about Coalition Nine. I tell the story of our members. And as long as our members are thriving, then Coalition Nine is going to continue to thrive. So I want to go and I want to, I want to be a, I want to celebrate our members. I want to celebrate our community. And I want to go meet so many different people and tell that story. You have to, like, you have to be, you got to let your guard down. You got to, you, you don't know everything. You're going to go learn new things. You're going to fall on your face a little bit. And I've done that and I've iterated and I've changed. And that's, that's what has gotten us to where we are now. Now we're at a point to where we are, like I said, 172 members and growing. We'll be over 200 members by the end of Q1. Uh, we've got partnerships with, or, uh, with organizations like United Healthcare and Sparity, Boulay, All-in-One Accounting. 
um, Versique. I mean, it, we're, we're building something really special here, and it's because of the fact that I've gone out and I've asked for help, and I've been a promoter of what we're building. Nice. I love those two points, asking for help and a promoter. To me, I just love meeting people. And not everybody's going to be a Coalition 9 member, and, and I don't go that direction. Like, I, if people have the, the, understand the value, they understand the value of time and the, you know, the, the, what the membership dues are, and this is something that can be a value to them, that's great. If not, I just like to meet new people and, and, right. and see how I can help them. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Part of our required reading when someone becomes a member is reading The Go-Giver. And, uh, you Bob know, Berg, I, right? of course. Exactly. And so there's a reason why there's... I know him from the National Speakers Association. I'm going to send you a photo of him. Yeah. yeah he he, he said, and I talk at least once a year, and he's he, just uh, a great man. He sent me a signed book uh, because there were so many books that were coming out of the Twin Cities, and uh, I think they were coming out of Amazon or something like that, and I think he figured it out. I, I don't know how. But and to me, like, there's a reason why there's five laws and four of them are rooted in giving. Right. Right. And then the f- fifth one should come natural, which is receptivity. And so you should be able to receive naturally if you go into every everything with a giving mindset. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to say, too, that's a really nice move on his part of tracking what people do. That paying attention, that totally. curiosity. Yeah. Um, okay. So we find you on Coalition 9. Yeah. We also find you on LinkedIn. What else? Next time we get together, I get an egg. I'm you'll gonna, get, a, you'll, you'll I'm get more than an egg. Tread. Our eggs are small, so you'll get. I'll get. I'll bring you a, a little probably eggs. Okay. A, I'll bring you a dozen. My little city. Yeah. My city slicker is yeah, showing. So right. My city so slicker is showing. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing so much about yeah. uh, just relationships and how people uh, get going and asking for help and all that. And I think too, Matt. You know, we're gonna. You know, in 2023, we'll have more of the market people on the show so i like your idea of you know you showcase the other people so we're gonna have somebody like you sitting with one of the owners and then we can talk about what are you wanting to work on so the real time we're solving a problem um or not a problem capitalizing on opportunities right like life is an experiment it made me want to get out that little pyrex dish and be like okay (laughs) paper this is your this yep. is your life. Like, yep. put the goggles on. It kind like, of is, do right? Pour a little bit of this <laughs> and a little bit of yes. that, and let's see if it blows up. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, did, I was fond of blowing stuff <laughs> yeah. up, I have yeah. to admit. Yeah. Yeah. My, well, I, I tell you what. I can't thank you enough for having me on. Um, I it, it meant a lot when you reached out and asked me to be on the show. Yeah. So I think you do a great job, and, and you're doing good things here for, for Midtown Global Market. And so it's nice. I'm gonna As soon as we, uh, we sign off here, I'm going to go grab myself some lunch. Okay, good. Love it. All right. Thank you so much, Aaron. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.